2: Well, 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 get the tanks out. What did I say, guys, last week? What did I say? You feel proud of yourself, Tom? No, I don't feel proud. I don't want anyone to get injured. I don't want anyone to lose games. I don't wish hurt upon people, pain upon people. But I just want to point out that our episode dropped Wednesday morning. Right. Pointing to the constellation of perhaps it's the Chicago Bulls that are going to make a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Perhaps DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and that they should tank because of the fact that their top four protected pick goes to Orlando if they don't get to that bottom four, right? So if you are Chicago and your season's already in the dumps, might as well go for Victor Wimbanyama. And what happened Wednesday night? Got blown out. Phoenix Suns blew him out by 19. Next game, they go to Golden State, lose by eight. Sacramento, lost by nine. Light the beam. Beam me up. Light the fire. Light the
3: tank. You know the part that confuses me sometimes, guys? I, I got to admit, sometimes when you have your third eye open, it kind of crosses with the other two eyes. <laughs> you don't know what's coming and going. Yeah. Because I saw these reports. Bill Simmons came out with one. Zach Lowe came out with one. Talks. Team the Bulls and the Lakers. And you know what I thought to myself? Did we see into the future or did we create the future? hmm Meaning, are our powers of intuition so strong we knew this was coming? Or is it that we are influencing, butterfly effect style, other people to come out with these reports and something that would have never happened had we not said anything is now on the road to happening?
4: Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think Tom was in the lunchroom, the NBA media lunchroom, just... (laughs) leaning hard on that water cooler mm-hmm. you heard about these bulls yeah these bulls they're not looking too hot who knew it was coming from within maze <laughs> the manipulation
3: the duplicitousness yeah everything you see is a mirage it's actually someone pay no attention to the man behind the curtain pulling those marionette strings and all along it was tom habistro
4: that's one way to open a third eye my assignment uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other u.s sport you've heard of the illuminati
1: the truth is out there but so are lies
0: your eyes can deceive you don't trust them the nba has always been controlled by about eight people denial is the most predictable of all human. Respect.
4: If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain.
0: The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences,
5: why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money,
1: and you don't know where the f it's going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA over
0: I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. <laughs> Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's all it took. Oh, we
6: got books. We got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why
5: am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball We are the basketball Illuminati.
2: This is Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, and as always, we are joined by five-star Illumin Army
4: generals, L. Hassan, and producer Anthony Mays. Did you just use the royal we there, Tom? Are Jesus, Mary, and Joseph also joining us on this recording? <laughs> and Mary Magdalene.
1: Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, how was it like having them there in the building?
2: Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? <laughs>
5: The Prince and Princess of Wales.
2: Oh, no, I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. Catholic month is back. The Illuminati <laughs> presence has been ever-expanding this week. We have about 18 shows worth of material to talk about, things to address, things to refute, to debunk, to illuminate. But I want to tell you about what's happening later this week. The generals of the Illumin Army are convening, Mays. Amin, What's happening this weekend?
3: Mas Miami. That's right. If you are in the South Florida area or want to get on a plane or in a car and come down here, Saturday, December 10th at the Wynwood Marketplace. We're doing Mas Miami. It is the Leopardard Show celebration. All of your favorite characters will be there, including the Illuminati Generals, me, Maze,
2: and Tom. We're going to have... Trivia show, right, Tom? Yeah, we're going to do a little recruit session, a test to see who out there wants to become part of the Illumin Army general ranks. A one-star general rank is going to be awarded this weekend at Mass Miami. Mass Miami. Mass Miami.
4: Mass Miami. Mass. Getting the cat. You really got your Missoula on the brain. <laughs>
2: If you believe that you have what it takes to become an Illumin Army general, then come to Moss, Miami on Saturday. There are going to be ways for you to join us on stage, but you have to make the cut. Got to be here. Got to be here. Got to be here. Come on down to Miami.
3: Come have some fun. We'll drink. We'll be merry. There might even be some xenophobe stuff going on. You
2: never know. Just come on down here. If you want to be there, go to mosslebitar.com. Get your tickets there. Wear your merch. But first... are listening
4: to the, the Super Agenda. Super sizes are back. They said to make it huge. I don't care, just super size me. With Tom Haverstroh and Amit Hassan.
2: On the agenda today, lots to get into. We've got deep fake videos that are proliferating the internet. We've got Giannis getting finally called for the 10 second violation. Look,
4: I can't stand this any longer. Can we talk about this fraud, Craig Carton and his NFL Illuminati with the Jets logo in it and everything is conspiring against the Jets because everything's about the Jets?
3: There's a little thing going on right now that a lot of you are unaware of called the NFL Illuminati. All right, this game tonight has a major impact on what happens, of course, to the New York Jets. The outcome of the game has already been predetermined by the NFL Illuminati. You guys all know what the Illuminati is. This mythical group of men and women who control all the world's decisions, right? Yes. Well, the NFL has a version of that as well. It's right there. NFL Illuminati. (laughs) You put it all together, and the Illuminati has spoken. The New York Jets have won the game against the Minnesota Vikings, and you can say you heard it here first.
4: Jets lost, by the way, Craig Carton. So much for that Illuminati. Wisdom. For those
2: who don't know what's happening here, Craig Carton from New York City Sports. That is Greg. Craig. <laughs> that is cousin Greg. Huge personality in New York Sports Radio, back where I'm from. He was on FS1, his morning show, and he is doing a segment called NFL Illuminati. Not just NFL Illuminati, but very interesting art that he's using for that. Looks very reminiscent. To our art. The artwork, the terminology, everything about it.
3: This is a blatant ripoff of what we do. And when we decided to create this podcast, we did it specifically because we didn't want to be like any other podcast. And no disrespect to all the other ones, we just didn't want to be like them. So we chose this very obvious, different path. So to see someone very clearly and very lazily rip off what we'd done that hadn't been done anywhere in mainstream media or beyond without credit, without like, hey, by the way, one of my favorite podcasts is Basketball Illuminati. They really do a good job of breaking down the league from this perspective. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we did it too? No, just going to stick that shit up on your screen and pretend like you came up with it all by your goddamn self. Well, guess what? I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to stand for it, and as you listen to this, probably on Wednesday, December 7th, on Basketball Illuminati, I guarantee you, on Levitard Show,
1: I will bring fire and brimstone down from the heavens, straight from the depths of hell, to encompass and engulf these serial plagiarizers, who would dare take what we
4: Try to pass it off
3: as their own, you know what you guys are
2: unimaginative, uncreative hacks. There, I said it, and that was just a warm up what you just heard. That's just a preamble. Listen, I want to give a shout out to Mike Rocks S-S-S, on Twitter, he is part of our citizenry, one of the soldiers out there that put us on notice and tweeted at the show, and Zach Harper by the way.
4: Not me. You know what? (laughs) Give them (laughs) both promotions. Well, Zach Harper produces this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's well known in the streets that Zach Harper is the producer. So it makes sense that Mike rocks would contact Zach Harper. But what else we got to talk about, Tom? You know what? Speaking of
2: imposters,
4: these deep fake videos, I'm tired of it. People
2: keep falling for it. People keep falling for the okie doke. The first one was Drew Brees. On Friday, recent one. Is that football Illuminati? Uh, We have to ask Greg Carton if he wants to (laughs) get a stab at that one. This past Friday, there were reports. I can't believe people felt for this. That Drew Brees was struck by lightning while on a shoot, a photo shoot for points bet? Points bet, yes. And
3: I haven't followed up on this. Did people blast them for this? This incredibly
2: tacky, hacky promotion? I don't think so. I think people were like, oh, okay. Well, they got me. Must have been really convincing. I got caught. The company Points Bet has a bet program, a bet type called Lightning Bets. People, you don't have to open up one eye to see that this is a total scam, that this is such an easy, easy thing to debunk. And yet it went viral. There were actual reporters who were like, I'm checking in and making sure Drew Brees is okay. Points Bet, Lightning Bets. Is this journalistically okay? Is this bending the lines of what society should accept that these companies are pretending that celebrity people that people look up to have been murdered? I don't know.
3: The dumbest part, the dumbest part is we were shooting the commercial
4: in Venezuela in the most dense lightning strike area on earth. Come on, man. But you know what? It comes down to shoddy camera work for me. Oh. Because what happens is we get a bright light and then the camera goes down and it's just shaking a lot. And that's all we get. Oh, you're struck by lightning. The next viral video, little better camera work here. So points bet, you lose points for execution, but Sports Illustrated, they got a bigger budget.
2: I got to tip my cap to Sports Illustrated, man. How brazen this was. Sunday, without feeling like after what we saw with Drew Brees, maybe we should pull back a little bit and not do a deep fake video. No. Sunday night, they had one. They posted of Steph Curry making five straight full court shots. And Mace, because you're zaprudering the Drew Brees one, can you just break down? just from a cinematography standpoint, why this one seemed to be convincing. Well, first of all,
4: it's Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to believe anybody's hitting five consecutive full court shots, why wouldn't it be the baby face assassin himself? But the ball never leaves the screen. If you'll go back in time with me to the 2003 power aid commercial where LeBron James is mm. pulling up from a similar distance Mm -hmm. But he's shooting jump shots. Steph Curry was throwing it over his shoulder, kind of hook shot style. Like Joe Montana, I said, (laughs) he's just (laughs) chucking it downfield. LeBron was straight up taking jump shots, but you could see clearly that the ball left the screen, Mm. the field of vision of the camera, and then dropped back down amazingly on the other side, perfectly through the net. This time with Steph, that ball doesn't leave the screen. No. It's staying there the whole time. And that's how you know that technology has progressed in 20 years.
2: <laughs> that's how we know. We also know LeBron did it first. Hashtag Steph better, but hashtag LeBron was first. Now, the other clue that I want people to realize is SI now, the Twitter account for Sports Illustrated. They tweeted the director of the video who put the video together. One click is all it takes to open that third eye. One click on Ari Farah handle. Would reveal that he has a history of doing this. He had like six tweets on his entire timeline, and four of them have been like deep fake videos involving Tom Brady. That went viral too.
4: Yeah. You go to his Instagram, he's got a video right before this Steph Curry one of Matthew Stafford chucking a football 100 yards. And yet, Maze, and I mean, mm-hmm. this video did 17 million views on Monday. On his Instagram story, he said they had 100 million total views across all social platforms in the first 24 hours.
2: This is my favorite part of the whole thing. I want people to realize Elon Musk is also involved here, okay? (sighs) Of all of the misinformation that is out there on Twitter since he has taken over, of all the misinformation and the abuse and the harassment and the lies that are perpetrated throughout the entire internet on Twitter... This video got flagged by Twitter. That's right,
3: Elon. Put your foot down. Enough is enough (laughs) with fake news and misinformation. We're not allowing people to think that Steph Curry was throwing Joe Montana-style rockets full court. By the way, you know what? This is what a nerd I am. I watched the video. You know the first thing I thought? That's the old practice facility in the Oakland Marriott. It's still there. Mm. They didn't tear it down to make it to a ballroom or something. It's still just there with the banners and the pictures and everything. I was thrown off. I was completely blown away that that was a thing. But... I like how Elon Musk said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to let him know. Now, flip side, how do you guys feel about a video like this being put out by what is presumably a news
4: outlet, Sports Illustrated? It's not points bet for a commercial. Yeah, exactly. It's Sports Illustrated doing a profile on Steph Curry and then saying, oh, just by the way, when we were done shooting, you know, Steph just did this and we happened to have cameras rolling.
2: The little flag that Elon Musk put on this... Was readers added context they thought people might want to know. Steph Curry did not perform the actions in this video. The Warriors confirmed this video was edited. And they cite two links one is CBS Sports and the other is SportsIllustrated.com. <laughs> An amazing move by Sports Illustrated. Tip my cap. Not only did they put this video out, but they're also getting more feedback loop to their website. Brilliant. Amazing. So they get more traffic off of this 17 million views as of Monday morning. And now it's at 29 million. So even though people are not listening to this podcast yet, maybe they saw the flag or not, people are still getting duped. People are still falling prey to the misinformation campaign out there. And that's why this podcast was started. Right. That's why you listen. That's why every week. You tune into this show because we're going to give you the real.
4: Yep. We're going to give you the truth. And thankfully, someone was able to ask Steph Curry about this.
1: This is kind of off topic, I guess. But
2: what was up with the doctored video of the full court heaves? And then also,
1: yeah.
5: You said the doctored video?
1: That's what Raymond said. Raymond said it was fake. Doctor.
5: No, the doctored. The, the edited. The edited. The CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody believes I made five in a row from... Ninety I mean, ninety feet. Sorry, finish your question. My bad. Um, what was that with it? I mean, yeah,
2: well, but then also, like, a lot of people did believe that it was <laughs> legit. For
1: you know, still, I think some people still believe it's
5: real. I'll let i let them be the judge of that. But it's an ultimate compliment to uh, probably be amazed by it, but not think it's outlandish that uh, it could be it could be real. But we had some fun with it. The uh, Sports Illustrated team coming with some heat. I did make two of them, though, just in case anybody was wondering.
3: That's the part that's scary, right? That he could throw it like that and make more than one. How many takes do you think?
4: Oh, I think they just did one take. He shot two out of five is what you're telling me. I think he shot two out of five. Just post that video. (laughs) Exactly. That's still impressive. That's the crazy thing. And as ridiculous as that video was,
3: that's what made it believable. Because that guy's that good. And we know he's that good because we talk to the man who trains him. Random pain. Mm. You guys see this? While we're on an agenda and things that are happening, a little quote making the rounds around Reddit and social media.
4: We've had a player who's still in the NBA go through the first five minutes, sat down on the floor beside the door for about 30 seconds, stood up, went outside and threw up and was done. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's a good player, too. It's Not a bad player. It's a good player. So that pace can be difficult
1: for a lot of guys.
4: Ah, Who knew that we should be leaving more cryptic mysteries in our truth teller segments? We bring them on to tell the truth, but maybe if we keep it under wraps a little bit more, we'll get more attention. This is what we do,
3: Maze. We get Brandon to tell us the name of the player. We write it on a roll of papyrus, Mm. put it inside a cryptex, and then put a code. It's a five-digit code. Maybe we'll go with something. Oh, I don't know. Curry. There you go. And then you put vinegar inside it. And that way, if someone gets the code wrong, the vinegar vial breaks, thus dissolving the papyrus and destroying forever the actual identity of this holy grail of a player who couldn't handle the Curry workout. That's what we need to do. Catholic month is back.
4: Speaking of Catholic month, Joe Missoula. I'm only
2: familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one.
0: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you.
4: Look at me and this is great. I see what you're doing. You're trying to distract from the actual situation here. Last week on this podcast, we discovered that you were agent zero at the game That kicked off the traveling calls increase in the NBA, as well as the palming violations increase. This segment has just turned into one big home run trot for this podcast, hasn't it? (laughs) It was a big week for us. From people stealing our ideas. Aggregating our quotes.
0: Aggregators. Mound up.
3: Tom being behind the bulls thing, right? And now me, I'm behind the travels.
4: Well... Amin,
3: where were you last week? Where were you on Tuesday night? Yes. I'm going to start answering this like I'm on first 48. Tuesday (laughs) night, I was in Texas. Okay. What were you doing in Texas, Amin? I was visiting and I attended some local sporting events. Afterwards, I hung out with some colleagues from my industry, enjoyed a couple of beverages, then I went to bed. You said sporting events. Would it happen to be the Golden State? I said events, so... Said events, but yes. Go continue your question.
4: Roll that tape back. Myself, pretty sure you said sporting events. You did. Local sporting events. Continue. One of
2: those sporting events that you attended was it Golden State Dallas that was nationally broadcast on TNT? Uh, I believe it was. Yeah. And we have identified you as an agent of chaos, as the master of mayhem on this program. Were you involved in any of the proceedings that evening at the game?
3: Involved? I was not involved. I was merely a spectator attending the game as a member of the credentialed media. And what transpired in
2: that game that you
3: found notable? Luka Doncic had a 40-point triple-double. Mm. Steph Curry scored using a variety of incredible three-point shots from all over the floor. And I believe Steph Curry, towards the end of the game with a chance to tie it up, was whistled for an infraction.
4: An infraction, you say? What type of infraction? was Steph Curry accused of, I don't recall. I believe it was um, traveling. Perhaps Tom, I've heard enough. Roll the tape. <laughs> uh, Steph Curry no. I don't know how many travels have been called in this game, but that's the biggest one there.
5: I didn't think it was a travel to the point where you don't let the play run out, but who am I to say?
2: I guess the NBA is making an emphasis on on plays like that, and
6: um, I don't know if it was a travel or not. Um, I haven't seen it, but um, it, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, if we're going to call that now, um, we got to we got to call it all the time because it happens uh, thirty
2: times a game. Guys change pivot feet, and uh, so I'm really I'm really um, happy that the the uh, officials are going to emphasize it, but. Yeah, got to be consistent with it. Now, I know it delights Amin to know that he is pulling the strings, but I have just been alerted that there is another suspect here we need to talk about. Uh-huh. I Amin, mean, I'm going to send you this video, Uh-huh. and I want you to tell me which referee was it that called that infraction, that violation, the traveling violation by Stephen Curry. I want you to look at this photo right here. Can you identify this person? It looks like John Goble to me. John Goble. Now, who is John Goble? I mean, the brother of Jason
3: Goble, who's also an NBA referee.
2: Now, devoted Illumination citizens listening right now will recognize that referee's name. That I mean, said John Goble. Last week we talked about how he was the crew chief on that Raptors Heat game, where we saw a whopping eleven travel calls. Eight of them were called by John Goble. He was also at a certain Tyler Hero game. Would you hit the game winning three-pointer? Were you at that game? Against Sacramento? Was. I have to check my records.
3: Your travel records, I mean. <laughs> I believe I was at that game, yes.
4: Do you carry those records in your
2: palm? <laughs> now remember last season, I mean, there were 1.3 travel calls whistled per game. 1.3. This October, that total was 1.7. And then all of a sudden, when Amin Al Hassan attends the game, I believe it was November 2nd, the NBA changes. The referees decide to crack down. We'll call it the travel ban. The travel ban seemed to be instituted right around the time. I mean, you attended that game in which Tyler Hero shuffled his feet before hitting a game winning three pointer and it was not called. And who was working that game? John Goble. He has worked the NBA finals. He is one of the most veteran referees we have, and he is valiantly attempted To single-handedly enforce this travel ban all by himself. I mean, you were in the building for that infamous travel call on Stephen Curry. Down to John Goble was the referee who blew the whistle, and that was seven travel calls that John Goble whistled in that game, all against the Golden State Warriors. There were ten in that game total. Sounds to me like you've got yourself a suspect that ain't me. That's right, John Goble.
3: I'm innocent. I'm exonerated. The noble John Gobel. He is trying to enforce the rule book. John Gobel, He means trouble.
4: Let's see John Goble make one of these calls when Amin's not there. You're not off the hook to me, Amin. <laughs> well, funny you mentioned that, Maze. Amin, where were you on November 7th? I have no idea.
2: Were you at the Houston Orlando game? I was not. Were you in New York this weekend on Sunday?
3: Parts of Sunday, yes, I was in New York.
2: Oh, oh, oh. really? You know what? This segment's run long enough. Let's move on. Shall we? Cleveland, New York on Sunday was the biggest travel game we have ever seen in NBA history, or at least according to ESPN stats and info, since data was tracked the last three decades or so, 13 travel calls Mays. 13 in Cleveland, New York, and a mean happened to be in the big apple.
4: These have got to be the most serious accusations against any Phoenix area resident that have happened in the last week. There could not possibly be anything more serious alleged against a Phoenix resident.
2: There have been four games this season with double digit travel calls in the game. November 7th, Houston, Orlando, November 16th, Miami, Toronto, December 4th, this past weekend, Cleveland, New York, and also the game that I Amin mean was at golden state, Dallas, 10 plus travel calls. Only four of them this year. And who was the crew chief for every single one? Who was the lead referee for every single one of those double digit travel games? Who was it? I mean,
3: it was John Goebel, who's got himself a little bit of a travel bubble that will burst at some point because we are pointing out what's happening.
2: We've been enlightening everybody, keeping the third eye open Mm -hmm. about travel calls and the giant, giant skyrocketing rate of palming and discontinued dribbles. Just want to remind you, you can't get this anywhere else. What's really happening here, what we're seeing, maybe it's not Amin El Hassan. Maybe there's a second culprit here. Remember, last year and in October, we'd see maybe one, maybe two travel calls per game. And here is the recent total of John Goble's games. How many travel calls? 13 at Madison Square Garden. 6, 10, 7, 5, 7, 6, 11, 5, 8, 6, 10. At least five travel calls in 14 straight games. On the season, John Gobel. Noble Gobel, a GM that hit me up was like, is he just... The only one who's enforcing the rule book? Like, is he the only good referee we have? You got John Goble, and then that's probably when you compare it to the next closest crew chief, Doble, what they're calling. It's great that you mentioned that, the Doble number here for Goble. He has 114 travel calls in his games. 114 travel calls when he's the crew chief in 18 games a season. Compare that to another veteran crew chief in the NBA, Pat Frayer who in 18 games has seen 36 travel calls in those games. Here we have John Goble, 114 travel calls. And in the same amount of games, another veteran crew chief, 36. You mentioned Doble, double, Doble. No crew chief this season has seen more than 60 travel violations in their games this year. And John Goble is at 114, 60 and 114. So, I don't know if there's a bet, maybe some points or bets to be made here. Can you even go on points bet and bet the over on travel violations? I don't know. I don't know what the prop bets are out there. Can you make a lightning bet? A lightning bet. But just next time you see John Goble is working a game, just know that we're in some double trouble. And I just want to say, you might think, hey, who cares? Why do we care about one referee you know, having 6.3 travel violations per game when the rest of the NBA is at 1.7 or 2.7? Then you see what happened to Giannis this week, guys. Mm-hmm. The referees, they must be listening. They have started calling 10-second violations on Giannis. We had it on Monday night's Magic Bucks game. Giannis was at the free throw line and they were up by like 20 points at this point when they started deciding to enforce the 10 second violation of Giannis. But if you remember in the playoffs last year, we were harping on this, that for some reason the referees were selectively ignoring the rules, selectively ignoring the fact that he was violating a rule right there, smack in the middle of the rule book. And it was inconsistent. And here we have the travel calls, the palming, the discontinued dribbles, inconsistent. Golden State Warriors Rockets the other day. Zero travel calls at all in the entire game. Two of the most travel-prone teams in the league. Zero whistles in that game. I think what we want is what Tom Thibodeau wants and J.B. Bickerstaff after Sunday's game. What they said was they just wanted to be consistent. What rule book are we following? Because you can call a bunch of travel calls in every NBA game, but a lot of referees don't. But not Noble Goble. John Goble is enforcing the travel ban more than anybody that we've seen.
3: You know, some people will move or, you know, kind of succumb to the will of the people or bend. Not John Goble. He's immobile.
2: So it's a noble endeavor, what John Goble is doing, single-handedly taking the torch to all the travels in the league. There's another noble endeavor that we need to do right here on this show, and that's deciphering this viral tweet. Code Breakers, right now. Code
1: Breakers. (laughs) It's time for any secret message for you members of the secret
3: circle. Remember kids, only members of any secret circle can
6: decode any secret message. You can break the code. Maybe I take a shot at it, maybe I break it. I'm real happy with myself because I did my job well. There's
1: only one hacker in the world who can break this code.
6: Super string theory, chaos math. Advanced algorithms. Code breaking.
5: It's strange, the code is somehow different. It's like solving a Rubik's cube that's fighting back.
1: Whoop de do! What does it all mean, Basil? When People talk to each other. They never say what they mean.
4: They
0: say something else. And you are expected to just know what they mean.
5: Break the code. You are quite simply the best natural code breaker I've ever seen. <laughs>
4: bright and early Monday morning, 8, 12 a.m. Pacific. Sham Sharania tweets that Kyrie Irving is no longer a Nike athlete. Mm. According to a Nike spokesperson, the sides have parted ways one month after Nike suspended its relationship with the net star, Irving has one of the most popular signature shoes in the NBA and is now a sneaker free agent, as we alleged on this podcast a little while ago. And then just an hour and a half later, he quote tweeted that and said Memphis Grizzlies all NBA star John Morant is in line to receive a new signature shoe at Nike in the near future. Industry sources tell the athletic and stadium the parties have been working on this for several months, but it's news today and so you might be thinking to yourself that's fairly straightforward but i mean what is the hidden message behind those tweets
3: so i know what you're thinking you're saying clearly Kyrie irving and nike have split ways and that's the story here that's what you focus about like no 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 what episode is this guys 43 we've been doing this for 43 episodes you guys still miss the point, And it is frustrating because I'm hoping what this podcast is doing is educating everybody how to open their third eye. It's teaching everybody there's a subtext to everything that's happening around you. I could tell you what it is, or I could teach you how to figure these things out and you can figure it out on your own. Teach a man to fish, feed himself a life. And yet you guys keep coming back for more fish. Here's the fish. Here's the nugget. Mm. Fish nuggets. What Chom Sirania has done, in essence, by linking these two tweets, is creating a smokescreen designed to obfuscate and disorient the reader/slash listener/slash fan, whatever, to focus not on what's happening with Kyrie and Nike as an ending. But John Morant and Nike is a new beginning. Now, here's the problem. This wasn't news. Not news. This was information that was already known. Months ago, last summer, we knew this. But by making the official announcement in concert with the announcement of the termination of Kyrie's Nike contract, which had 11 months left on it. What we've done is we've married these two things into one talking point, And ultimately, as a people, we are always conditioned to look forward rather than look back. And so we're not going to look back at Kyrie and Nike. It's done. It's over for. We're going to look forward to John Morant and Nike. As a result, the packaging allows us to shift the conversation from Kyrie Irving to John Morant Thus, creating distance from this entire episode for everybody.
2: People are moving on. I mean, it sounds like all right. Kyrie, Nike—they're parting ways. But here's John ja Morant. Got the deal done with John ja Morant. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But you know what? They don't even have the deal with John ja Morant. They're still working on the deal. But that's not the news. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of it all.
3: It's not about even news. It's just about moving the conversation forward.
2: To Decode this a little bit when you see is in line or teams are engaged. Whenever you see these newsbreakers kind of couch these things, you have to think, why are these words being placed in this order? And what we have here is excitement over Ja Morant. Yes. But remember, this has been in motion for months. Go back to September and there was announced The name of the shoe, the signature shoe, the Nike jaw ones, we already have the name of the shoe. When you see these breaking news stories, we're trying to teach you the ways. We can't hold your hand every time, but we can perk open those ears. And hopefully you can start decoding the encrypted messages that you see in the media. Keep listening. Keep breaking those codes. Meet us in Moss, Miami on Saturday. Yeah. And there are some more codes to be broken. That is a tease my friends. If you are gonna go to Moss Miami Oh my God If you've made it this far in this episode, here's a little trinket a little fish nugget if you will. Mm-hmm. study up Sit- Okay, said too much now. Wait, supercharge it. Get your textbooks out. listen to the episodes. Read between the lines. Connect those dots. Follow the trails. The breadcrumbs. Read the tea leaves. Pick up what we're putting down. The constellations, Orion's belt, all of it. Because on Saturday, you will be tested. Recruits get in line. The general will be anointed. Some great reporting here. I don't even know if this is part of the cutting room floor because we've we've got so much good stuff in the show today. Sam Amick and Shams Trania reporting that there was a little bit of a disagreement, not a physical altercation, but a verbal altercation, a back and forth between Nate McMillan and Trey Young, which led to Trey Young sitting out and not even going to the game against the Nuggets the other night. And a reporter asked... Trey Young at practice and an availability about it,
6: and here's the exchange situation. I mean, we're all grown men here, and there's sometimes we don't always agree, and uh, I mean it's unfortunate that private private situations and private conversations get out to the public, but I guess that's what uh, the world we live in now. But uh, I mean, I'm just I'll just focus on basketball and focus on helping my team win, and that's what I got to get to refocus it on. But what's public was that you not at the game, so why weren't you there? Man, it's not uh, you. But, uh so you were at me, bro. I'm curious. Uh, I mean you're a leader of this team, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean it's, it's hard for people who don't know the full situation to to understand it. So I mean it's like I said, it's a private matter again and it made public, which was unfortunate. Um and if it was stayed private it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal, but uh, like I said, it's unfortunate, but my, my job and my goal is to, to win a championship, and that's all I focus on. But you can see the perception, though, Trey. You are a leader of this team, and when you're not there to yeah, support when your you, guys, when, when you're an outside guy like you are, and you don't understand in a private matter and private situation, uh, you should probably stay on the outside. And like I said, it's unfortunate that everybody has to understand and, and know a little bit of the details that went on inside. But um, I mean, inside here, we're all good. And uh, I mean, if you got any more questions about that, then you can. You can talk to somebody else about it. That's all I got to say about it. Again, I respect what you're saying about the, the, the private of, of of the locker room, the private of, of the practice core. We're not here. I guess it's just a public thing if you not going to support your teammates when you're healthy about not going on the bench. So where's the disconnect there? If I was healthy, I would have been playing. But, I mean, John was in a boot, and he was still at the game. Yeah, but you don't know the full story. Again. You wanna... Again, no, I don't want to. So that's just there's more to it. If you're being healthy, and just I mean, a private matter needs to stay private.
2: I mean, that moment when he's like, well, what is public is you didn't show up to the game. <laughs> Why didn't you show up to the game? I was like, oh, man, he's going in. Yeah, I talked about this on
3: Levitard Show a little bit. The local TV reporter does not have the same weight, I guess. G14 classification is what Shaq calls it. They don't have the same G14 classification as a beat writer right? Beat writers are there day in, day out. And the sports supporters from the local TV, they parachute in and out as needed. So without having that G14 classification, it's a little hard to ask those questions. Also, the way he asked it, it was a little dickish, right? Mm. From
2: the get-go, his tone was a little dickish. It reminds me of probably my favorite exchange of all time between a reporter and a coach or a player. You know what that one is, I mean? It's the exchange that Started a long and disastrous friendship with Tim
3: McMahon and me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment. That's when we became friends.
4: Well, it's an emotional game and we had a difference of opinion. So um, there was an exchange and then uh, in my mind it was over. Was that difference of opinion regarding play calling? Uh, I'm not gonna get into that. Uh but in my mind, you know, once it was over, it was over. He didn't go back in the game. Was that a basketball decision or was that a disciplinary? It's just a coach's decision. You know, we've
2: talked
6: about these before.
4: Right. And so that's why I asked how to understand coach.
2: Well,
6: I thought it worked out well. You know, the other guys stepped up and we were able to win the game. So
4: i
3: certainly
6: agree
4: with that. But was it that coach's decision made for basketball reasons or disciplinary
6: reasons? It was made because I'm the coach and that was the decision that I made at the time. How many other ways do you want me to answer the same question?
3: One you haven't answered yet. All right, so when this came out, this is back when I was doing Hate Hard with Amin. And I did one of these. It was me and Jade. We did it. And I didn't know McMahon. I mean, I knew who he was. I read his work, but we didn't know each other.
2: This is twenty fifteen. Yeah. This is this is early Amin ESPN days.
3: And so I did the Hate Hard with Amin and I stuck up for him and I kinda went at Carlisle, I guess him appreciated that and that's how we became friends
4: and then he later became bam mcmahon the enemy of my enemy is my friend at its finest
3: yeah and now he's an asshole when he sees me i go to the warriors mavericks game and it's oh man good to see you like i just kept asking me why am i here and i'm like why is this a surprise to people i like going to basketball games wait why were you there jesus christ i'm not answering any more questions about this all right i had nothing to do with what happened out there
4: what's the next team you're going to i mean